1: The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.
0: Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of Southern Pride Soccer. It is August 29th, 2020. And history was made today at Mercedes-Benz Stadium because Atlanta United was beaten by Orlando 3-1 for the first time in the two teams' ninth meeting in league games. Uh, it was not a great performance by Atlanta United, particularly in the first half, uh, in which it gave up two goals. Uh, both not not just not well defended. Uh, won a, a set-piece uh, header. Uh, that was set down between Guzon's uh, hands and legs. And the second, Orlando just carved right through Atlanta United with some easy passes uh, that started with them winning the first ball and then winning the second ball. Uh, Junior Urso on the first goal, Chris Mueller on the second. Atlanta United got one back with Brooks Lennon in the 83rd minute. But then, because they were pushed up trying to get a third goal, Pitti Martinez was, in my opinion, too easily knocked off the ball. And Orlando went in on a two-on-one for the third goal. I'm joined, as always, by Jason Longshore of SoccerDownHere.net and 92.9 FM, who I believe is at Mercedes-Benz Stadium right now.
1: I am still at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I will be leaving very shortly.
0: Um, You know, to me, some concerning things out of the post-game press conference, both Steven Glass and the players were saying they lacked intensity in the first half. They didn't move the ball fast enough in the first half. And, frankly, those have been points of emphasis for Stephen Glass. Moving the ball faster was a point of emphasis for Frank DeBoer uh, during his time. And to come out again and to just be flat, not a good sign.
1: Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get the sense of being flat. I, I do totally agree on moving the ball, especially getting into the final third. It, it feels way too hesitant. Um, you know, there is an issue with getting guys healthy and getting – Whatever this first choice team is going to be, because I don't necessarily know what it is and when we're going to see it with everybody full ninety minutes fit. Um, I think we saw late that things are obviously better with Barco in the field; they're better with Kubo Torres on the field. I think they're better with Jurgen Dom on the field. But are they ready to go ninety minutes on Wednesday? No, I don't. I don't think so. Um, my biggest concern, and this has been going on since the tournament in Orlando, is the lack of communication and some of the disorganized defending that we've seen. This hasn't been a bad defensive team. This was the first time that you've conceded more than one goal in a game. But some of the goals that they have conceded have been bad goals to give up. And both of the goals in the first half today were poor. I thought Orlando was very strong on set pieces uh, with a number of opportunities in the Mm. first half creating problems for Atlanta defensively, and he never got better with it. And the goal that – the second goal, the Chris Mueller goal, was incredibly frustrating because that was immediately after Brooks Lennon was injured where he fell awkwardly defending, I believe, another set piece. And he was off the field waiting to be waved back on, and that was proper protocol. No one covered him at right back. There, there was no one at right back. So when the turnover happened, which was off the free kick that Brad Kazan took, Orlando immediately attacked the space that you would have a right back in. And, and it, was never, it wasn't organized. And it's just kind of shocking that something that simple was overlooked at that moment.
0: Yeah, to that point, I, I think we can agree that even in the games in which Lenny United was only giving up one goal, there were still lots of communication issues. And you could say they were lucky in some of those games they didn't give up more. Kuzan um, made some good saves, and the opponents just scuffed shots sometimes. Uh, Nashville had a couple of chances even, and they're just not very good on offense and couldn't take advantage of them. But And Orlando is very good going forward. Um, it, it's a weird, weird thing right now. Um, Eric Rometty, as good as he looked against Nashville, Uh, just, you know, did not look at all well today. Uh, He was the one who just watched uh, the Orlando City player go right by him. Uh, He was literally flat-footed. I watched the video as Urso ran right by him for the header on that set piece. Um, And the second goal, as you pointed out, Brooksland wasn't on the field. The fullbacks were already pushed way high up for the goal kick, but you – Guzan – kicked it to Pity Martinez, who was not going to win a header. He's just not. No. That's not his thing. And Orlando won it. Mueller pounced on the second ball because no one was there. Um, passed it to, to DK, who passed it to his right, because Bella was so far up the field, he couldn't get back in time. to
1: yeah. uh, DK's to, to, movement was what really opened it up. Yeah, to,
0: to Benji right. Michelle, And he just passed it back across the penalty box to a wide-open Mueller, Neither Adams nor Rometty ran with him.
1: DK's movements would open it up because you you saw at that point with Orlando attacking where a right back would be, Miles Robinson stuck. Like, he's got to try to defend the player on the ball and Mueller, but DK took up a position between the two center backs, and it's a three-on-two because of the, the way the team was structured after that. And it's just one of those things that it, it's felt like there's been a lot of chances given up and a lot of goals given up because of poor communication defensively. And I don't know why it's still happening at this point because balance of play, Atlanta wasn't two goals worse than Orlando and the whole balance of play, but you give up goals the way that they did in the first half, you're not going to beat a quality opponent in Orlando.
0: Yeah. To me, it kind of, and again, the personnel choices, I don't quite understand this when you know the defense is having trouble communicating because we've seen it over and over again, that Jeff Wernowitz continues to not start. Again, I would like to think that he would have gotten the defense organized, particularly when Lennon was off the field. And he's again on the bench, Mo Adams. I like Mo Adams. He must do well in training, but he's just yet to really show it in a game. Um, but then uh, let's talk about going forward. I think one of Atlanta United's biggest issues going forward is it has, at least in today's starting lineup, no pace going forward. Um, opponents can play pretty much as high a line as they want to because they know no one is going to beat us over the top. Um, now, maybe when Jurgen Dom comes in uh, to the starting lineup, whatever that may be, they'll have to sit back a little bit and Atlanta United can have some more space in the midfield to move the ball around. Um, but Pitti and Barco aren't going to beat anybody, most players, in a foot race. You saw that today. Pitti had a chance at a one-on-one, got caught from behind uh, by the center back, I think it was. Uh, That was in the second half. Um, Cubo Torres is more of a link-up player than a speedster. Adam John is not going to beat anybody in a foot race, Uh, but I thought he played well. Uh, You know, Mulraney is fast. Escobar is fast. Escobar was suspended. Mulraney, we're still trying to figure out his quality. but to me, that is, that's, it's a big problem with the roster composition, and it's a big problem for Glass to try to figure out.
1: I, I don't know if it's a roster composition problem for me as much as it is right now, getting players able to play 90 minutes. And, and this part of the schedule is tough for that. Look, this is bad timing all the way around because you'd like to have an interim manager with more time to train these guys. And between games, I mean, you're getting one session a week maybe. Uh, maybe a half-eat session in another day because of the compression. It's just difficult. You also have a bunch of guys that you can't play 90 minutes right now, and you can't play the same group over and over again right now. That's making it more complicated. There's just no way around it.
0: Yeah, but Orlando's in the same boat. They had one game. They they had to play Wednesday. You could say – but you, they've had say, that, but you
1: could say the whole time. You could say
0: Atlanta United that. had fresher legs than Orlando because it did play Wednesday, as opposed to Atlanta, which did not.
1: But that's the part I'm saying is that Orlando knows exactly who they are because Oscar Pareja's been there since day one of training camp. Atlanta, obviously, who they were under Frank DeBoer wasn't working, so you're trying to make a change, and that doesn't happen overnight. So, you know, your key players, like you mentioned, Jurgen Dom, Jurgen Dom would give you that speed that you're you're looking for. He's played now – how many minutes did he play today? 20, is that?
0: Uh, I couldn't, so yeah, not not much. Like 14-something maybe? Let's, yeah.
1: let's say 15. Then that puts him to, to 60 minutes played in the calendar year of 2020. Yeah. That, that's just – that's tough. That he, that's going to take time. Kubo Torres has been – I think he makes this team better. I, I think Kubo Torres makes this team better. I think Jurgen Dahn makes this team better. You have to get – Ezekiel Barco makes this team better. None of them are 90 minutes fit right now and it's showing. That still to me is is not and it's not the biggest issue. How many times did we see today where Atlanta United, middle third, handled Orlando's pressure, played through it, got to the edge of the final third, got to the final third, and then was hesitant. Everything became hesitant around the, the final third of no penetration on the dribble, no pass through to create opportunity for somebody no movement off the ball to create those opportunities it felt like you hit a wall 30 yards from goal every time and only in the second half that started to open up more because you're getting desperate but you need that desperation that urgency early and it just never happened if it's confidence well then you've got to play the guys who are confident and maybe that's getting these guys healthy to get those players on it's frustrating because I thought in phases today you were the better team. But those mistakes, forget it, and you didn't create enough chances. So you can't really complain about the result.
0: Yeah, you know, one of the things that the players in Glass talked about after the game was they thought the second half was much better. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah, it was, except Orlando already had, it had a two-goal lead. It didn't really need to play like it was playing before. And Atlanta United scores, and, you know, within, what, three minutes, Orlando is back down the field and scores. Um, and part of that was Atlanta United was pushing forward, but still yeah. it happened. Um, it's just, yeah, th- there, there are some – I think it's more than health. I think there's some, some issues going on with this – not within this team. but The hard
1: thing is, as we going diagnose on. it.
0: Yeah, it's hard to figure it out.
1: It's hard to diagnose without the health. And, and that's where, you know, yeah. we're we're taking an incomplete picture because it's an incomplete starting lineup based off what's on the roster at the moment. We can't even answer the question on if the roster is lacking anything because we haven't seen it at full strength. And that's not talking about Joseph, which obviously is an issue, but you've got pieces to deal with that. We just haven't seen all the pieces to deal with it yet.
0: That's true. Um, so they play again on Wednesday. Uh, against Miami, um, what changes do you think we're going to see in that starting lineup to try to solve some of these issues?
1: It's so hard to figure out because we don't know how Ezekiel Barco is going to respond to the minutes he played today, if there's any setbacks for him, how Jurgen Dom's going to feel after this. Hugo Torres played more, but is he going to jump from 30 minutes to 90 Can he get the 30 to 60? Can you start him and get 60 out of him and bring on Adam John at the end? Maybe that gives you a different feel. Um, You've got to play faster. You just have to. The communication has to be better defensively. You have to play faster. And whatever group gives you that. Um, John Gallagher we saw warming up a couple of times. We know Gallagher, that intensity. We saw it against Columbus in a desperate moment in the MLS back tournament. Does he get a look here? Lawrence White is a player who plays with a ton of intensity, maybe sometimes a little too much. Does he get a look here? You're, you're going to have to find whatever that spark is. I think Brooks Lennon has really tried hard to provide it. You think you saw his reaction after the goal. He is the one who, who really seems to be playing with that clenched fist, trying to get these guys going. He needs some help.
0: Yeah, I just – I think, and and I'm a little curious about this too, when you have the five subs available now, you know, for the remainder of this season, why not go ahead and start toys? You know, a lot of times coaches don't want to start players that can't go 90. And that's understandable when you only have three subs. But when you got five, I mean, you don't have a whole lot to lose at this point because goals are, are hard to come by right now for Atlanta United. Go ahead and start Torres. Go ahead and start Dom. Tell them both. Give me the first 45 and let's talk at halftime and see if you can keep going. If not, I think, we'll sub you out.
1: I think Kubo is probably at that point where you can get 45 out of him. You have to get to 45, otherwise you're blowing a sub window, which you'd rather not do. I don't know if Dom is, is quite there yet, but Torres, yeah, I'm with you. I think as long as you don't have any setbacks for him today, and he looked – okay, I didn't, I didn't notice any issues with him looking fatigued or, or not, you know, moving well. So if he can play 45, he should play 45 on Wednesday because it just links better. And that's, again, it's not a knock on Adam John. I thought Adam John played well.
0: Yeah, I did too. He had yeah, that great pass to Castro who yeah. just kind of froze in the penalty box. I'm not quite sure why, but you could see it on television. Mm-hmm. He, he just kind of squatted as yeah. the ball was coming to him. I don't know what he was waiting on. Uh, but anyway, that's either here or there. Castro, John I thought Greenville. wasted Castro. I thought wasted his opportunity as a starter today. Um, I would tend
1: to agree.
0: Uh, Rosetto, I still just don't know what he brings, and that's not really uh, that's not a criticism. It's more just I truly do not know. Um, I
1: think Rosetto will be a player who will push to play as the number eight. The question is how you fit everything together. And that's the part that with you know, when everybody's healthy, what is the starting 11? I, I don't have an answer to that yet. I don't know what the shape is to get the best group on the field at the moment, because you've got to get all these guys healthy and these weapons. And then you're going to have a competition in the middle of the park for the time between Rometty, between Lorenowitz, between Hossetu, between Heinemann, between Adams. And, and you're going to play at most three of them. Um, If you want to squeeze Barco or Pitti in as a number 10, you're going to play two. I I don't know what the best combo is yet. I think Hosetu might be the most technical of that group on the ball in tight spaces. And I've liked what we've seen from him, but where is he best suited, as a 10 or as an eight? I just – I don't have the answer yet.
0: No, I don't either. And I I still don't think – Frank never figured out and Glass – you know, still needs a lot of time. It's hard to judge after two games. But yeah. still trying to figure out how to use pity. I think it's still – it's just – it's a a question that Frank could never figure out, and, you know, Steven is still is, – is just in the process now of trying to figure that out.
1: Well, I think part of it is you're not – I think maybe we're getting hung up on – He's a, he's a number 10. He needs to play in the middle. He needs to play on the left wing. He needs to play on the right wing so he can cut on his left. You've got to find the spot based off what the opponent gives you because we saw that change today. He was on the left and was quiet. Mm-hmm. He, he moved around trying to find the game. And when he came in centrally in the second half, much better. Much better from him. He was more involved. Out on the left, Orlando – kind of kept him isolated and didn't really allow him to see the ball very much. He's got to have the freedom to move around, but you've got to create the platform to make that work. And that's the part that's not consistent enough yet.
0: I'm going to be curious if he starts on Wednesday or if, or if Steven just kind of gives him a break, a one-game awesome. break. Yeah. Um, and maybe just to kind of see, because I think sometimes Pitty holds onto the ball too long, and that does slow down the offense instead of moving it too fast. I think Barco kind of does the same thing at times. Um, not all the time, just sometimes. Um, but I would be curious if Pity just gets a break just to kind of keep his legs fresh because there are so many games and we don't know what the rest of the schedule is. I mean, this, this – MLS is not going to take a week off at this point. They've got to get on television as often as they can. So as soon as this block of six is done, the next Saturday you can start a whole new block of, of six games in two and a half weeks.
1: I would assume so. I'd assume you're playing the next Saturday after the 12th. I mean, we know some of the games from Wednesday have been pushed back to the 16th. So that's the latest games we have scheduled at the moment. I I don't think you're going to see a week off either. Um, It's going to be tough. I mean, that's the, that's the challenge of 2020 right now. And it's the hardest time to have your, your best goal scorer injured because that takes away a simple thing of, Putting the ball into the 18 and letting Joseph go find it. It's the hardest time to, to have an interim manager right now because he's figuring it out on the fly and you don't have the amount of training time that you typically have. It's just difficult at the moment and you've got to find a way to get results while it is difficult. And that's what you've got games against Miami and Nashville coming up that are games you should find a way to win. Might not be what Atlanta United's known for, it might not be textbook soccer. You got to get three points. You just got to find a way to find three points.
0: Yeah, if Atlanta doesn't get six points from those these next uh, couple of games, then the playoffs, even the expanded field, might be a bit of a challenge uh, for the team this year. It gets challenging. The schedule is not going to get easier.
1: No, the Eastern Conference is very good and very very competitive. Um, You don't want to get further down into that table to where you're you're trying to fight your way up over a bunch of teams that are fairly similar. You know, you you want to build a little bit of a cushion against two teams that you should be able to pick up points from.
0: And you could argue of all the blocks of four, this is the easiest. I mean, you've got Nashville and you've got Miami. Um, But anyway, all credit to Orlando, a very professional win uh, by the Lions today. They've looked fantastic this season. Uh, I'm happy for the for the supporters who have had to deal with five previous years of no playoffs. Uh, Orlando seems to me a lot to make the playoffs. Um, and they just play a fun, attractive soccer. So congrats to Orlando supporters. Jason, what do you have upcoming?
1: We've got Overreaction Monday on Soccer Down Here, Monday morning, 9 a.m. You can listen on our app, which you can download on Android and IOS. You can listen on SoccerDownHere.net also watch on twitch.tv soccer down here uh, we've got a lot of stuff coming up this week I mean it feels like every time we have a lot to talk about with Atlanta United we've got the Lionel Messi drama in Spain to talk about and is there a reserve clause is there not a reserve clause can you get out of the contract who knows we've got all the different games from around the league this weekend to talk about so Monday will be a packed day on SDH
0: all right and how do people find you on Twitter Long
1: shoe on your social media channels from me. And if you want to follow uh, SDH, it's at soccer down here.
0: All right. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. You can subscribe to Southern Fried Soccer on iTunes, and I hope that you'll consider subscribing to the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Wrapping this up, Atlanta United, three-to-one losers uh, to Orlando and Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It's the Lions' first win against Atlanta United in nine league games. I uh, say first win against Atlanta United in their ninth meeting in the league and 10th meeting overall because it was a U.S. Open Cup win in there uh, down in Orlando to boot. Um, Atlanta United is back in action on Wednesday against Miami. Uh, Jason and I will be on Jason's show, I assume, Wednesday morning. Uh, Jason will be on this show uh, after the game. Uh, and please look for Atlanta naughty content from me uh, throughout the week as we are now in a routine and a busy time. This has been Southern Fried Soccer. Y'all please take care.